Good morning, everyone. My name is Olivia, and I will be reading from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Thank you, everyone, for your readings there. Good morning, everyone. Here's something about me. I love a good morning. So that's something we can learn to start with. When I say hello, you feel free. I love to know you're there and you're with us here. I know I can't hear you online, but, but I'm going to hear an echo in a moment from the hall as they say good morning. Uh, it's, it was a wonderful day yesterday, really exciting to meet some of you and to sort of officially begin. Uh, it's a funny thing to say officially begin because we've been meeting together now for a couple of weeks and we'll continue. I'm excited to use the Bible you gave me. Uh, it's a great little Bible. Uh, I look forward to reading with you God's Word many times into the future. Uh, but why don't we now, as we begin our third sermon in this little introductory series, ask for God's help. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we give you great thanks that you are a good God, a loving God, a merciful God. We thank you that you draw your people together in the name of Christ. And so we pray as we come together today that we'll be reminded of the goodness of fellowship the goodness of your plans, the goodness of your purposes for your people, and the hope we have. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, ever since COVID-19 started, I've had, I always have songs rattling around in my head, but there's one particular song. It's, it's a 70s protest song, and you might know it, Big Yellow Taxi. Anyone remember that song? It's been covered by more bands than you can think of, uh, but it starts as a protest. It starts they paved paradise to put up a parking lot. And that might already put the tune into your head for some of you. And it concludes, or keeps going on in the refrain, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. You don't know what you've got till it's gone. Depends what version you have, right, as the song. But that is going around in my head. You don't know what you've got till you've got. That's exactly it. COVID, we don't know what we had. <laughs> until it was gone. It, hasn't that been the case? So all year that's been rolling around in my head. Uh, think back to pre-COVID. Did you ever take church for granted? Did you ever drive to church and think, oh, this is something we have to do today? Did you ever look at the morning tea roster and go, oh, we're on the morning tea? Sick of the morning tea roster. Did, did you ever think I'm singing today and think, oh, what a pain? Because if you've been through COVID, suddenly all those things seem good. I mean, I miss so much. I love that we're singing up the front and, and well done to the band. Uh, I, I miss slapping people's backs. 
Do you remember, remember when we used to do that? How are you going? You just slap someone on the back. You, you can't do that really anymore. Shaking hands, although we're sort of sneakily getting that in, but we're not supposed to be shaking hands. Uh, uh, saying hello, comforting, hugging, being together. We didn't know what we were going to miss, and then it was gone. Uh, 2020 has been this year of appreciation in some ways in the midst of everything else. And so today, what I wanted to do to finish off our little intro series is to think about the goodness of fellowship, to think about what full fellowship is and, and not just, oh, I remember those wonderful morning teas, I remember the wonderful singing, you know, the little bits and pieces, but, but theologically, why is fellowship good? Why does God want us to meet together? And so we're looking at Hebrews 10. Uh, then after that, second major point for today is really to think about the year ahead. Now, 2020 has scarred me for visions forever. So I'm not going to say we're having a vision for 2021. We're painting a picture. And 2020 was the perfect year for a vision and it failed. So we're going to paint pictures for a little while, I think, until we all recover. Uh, we're going to paint a picture of what the year can look like and what the way is ahead. So those are the two things. We're good. You know where we're going today. Got a few nods here on site for everyone else. Uh, so first, in Hebrews 10 uh, from verse 19... Uh, my heading is the foundation of fellowship. So have your Bible open to chapter 10, but I have to explain myself. There's an elephant in the room that is just coming into the room from two weeks ago. I said that every part of the Bible is important. I'm going to pick up the Bible where we're up to and we're going to carry on. But I'm skipping six chapters. Now, now why am I skipping six chapters in Hebrews today? Well, partly because I just want to speak from Hebrews 10 today. But partly, I think the structure of Hebrews gives us space to do this. Uh, let me explain that. Chapter 5 to chapter 10, verse 18, in broad terms, is all about the priesthood. It's all about the great priest and why he's better than all the other types of priesthoods. And so, really, 4.14 from last week captures what we're missing. So, 4.14 said, we have a great high priest. That's it. Jesus is our great high priest. So wonderful. And then there's this long section, we get to chapter 10, and then from verse 11, you can read with me, from verse 11, day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which never take away sins. But when this priest, Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, and since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Now, there is a summary of where we've been. In fact, probably week one of where we've been. Uh, as we talked about Jesus as foundation and head of our house, he is our great high priest. He is the perfect high priest who we need. Uh, it goes on, verse 19 to 20, through, so 23, so read with me again. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have a confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. 
Now, there is last week's message summarized for us in chapter 10, hold firmly to the faith, remembering you can walk into the presence of God. What a wonderful thing we have. And so there is our first two weeks in the series. We've ushered the elephant out of the room, off to the side, and we can move on today to think about full fellowship. Okay, you're with me. More nods? Excellent. So verse 24 and 25. What do I mean by full fellowship? Well, short verses. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more, as you see, the day approaching. Do you see there? Three actions for full fellowship. We're to consider how to spur one another on. We're not to give up meeting. And we're to encourage each other. And then all of these things, they're they're set actually in the context of the day. There is a day that is coming. You know what that day is. That that is the day of Jesus' return. He will return, and we're going to see that more and more apparently as the day approaches. So what this is saying as we stop and think about the day approaching is not that over time we're going to get better and better at predicting the coming of Jesus. We don't know the day. The Father knows the day, but we don't. What it's doing is it's pointing out the reality that as you mature in Christ, you see more and more clearly. You see the need for it. You cry out for it. This world is broken. Uh, This world is full of sin and chaos. This world is marred by original sin. This, This world is so broken, there's only one fix. And that is when Jesus comes back and restores all things. And so we say, come, Lord Jesus, come. That is our cry as Christians, right? Until that day, though, the day over there casts a shadow on this day. And so it shapes everything we do, and so it should drive us. It drives our mission, right? If there is a day when Jesus is coming back to judge, I want my friends and my family to know the Lord. It shapes our mind as we think, if Jesus is coming back, I want him to meet me ready. I want to be following him faithfully when he comes and not be found in my sin. So that day shapes this moment. And particularly today, the focus is fellowship in Hebrews 10. That day focuses this day in fellowship. So have a look again, verse 24 and 25. Fellowship is the coming together of believers. It's very simple. And we need a full fellowship. So what will that look like? Well, three actions. First, consider how to spur others on. That's what we're told. If we're going to have a full fellowship, we need to be considering how to spur each other on. Now, now that means deliberate, thoughtful, intentional spurring on, right? This is not something you say, oh, I'll get to it when I get to it. Uh, It's an optional add-on. If I think about it, I'll, I'll help someone. No, this is the very purpose of Christians gathering together, intentionally spurring each other on. Now, Captain Redbeard, was that his name? Did I get that right? Captain Redbeard uh, said to us what spurs were. We don't use that word spur very often in in many contexts. Uh, My brother is a racing commentator. He's on Sky Racing. Uh, I met a few people this morning that know him. He's more famous than me by a long, long way. Uh, He can talk spurs all day long. He was just telling me recently the industry is trying to work out whether to go ahead with spurs anymore or not, because you, you're prodding the horse, right? Is it hurting the horse? Is it a good thing? Is it... 
Let's not get into racing. That's not our issue here today. In Hebrews 10, we're not supposed to kick each other. Take that on notice, right? But we are supposed to provoke and prod and stir one another on in love and good deeds. That is, we're asking ourselves, how can I help my brothers and sisters to get better at love and good deeds? And how can they help me in the same things? This is other person-centered love. And if you want to know what this kind of love looks like, you can go to Romans 5.8, right? God shows this kind of love in that while we were Christ, uh, while we were his enemies, Christ died for us. There is other person-centered love. So we're supposed to be spurred on in that kind of other person-centered love. And then it says good deeds as, as well, spur each other on in good deeds or, or good works. Now these are things not to earn salvation. And these are things not to keep you in the kingdom of God as, as if you have to kind of be so good that you can stay in the kingdom. No, these are the good things we do because we want to be like our Lord, because he's declared us to be pure and holy, and so we want to be like him in love and good deeds. And so Hebrews 10 is saying our job as Christians is to deliberately help each other grow in love and good deeds. Now, this won't happen if we don't meet together. And this won't happen if we don't know each other. And this won't happen, never happens, if we personalise our faith so that it's only you and Jesus and you forget that Jesus has a people. So you could say our job as Christians is actually to one another each other. We have all these one another responsibilities. I'm here, you're here to one another each other in love and good deeds. And the great cost of COVID, I think, has been one anothering. We've done a really good job. I'm really thankful to God for the way we've been able to, to keep reading the Bible in ways, to stream, to be in our homes and being able to keep praying and all these things. Praise God. But one anothering has suffered. Now, we've tried amongst all the various laws to do the right things and so on. We've tried as best we can, so there's no criticism. We're all under the same boat here. But as we move forward into 2021, we're commanded to one another, to help each other grow in love and good deeds, to be deliberate. And so I want to encourage you to think about that very practically. What does that look like? How will I push myself on in that particular thing? You could ask yourself, how will I get involved in the one anothering of church life? Who am I getting to know? How am I helping people grow? What are my gifts that I can teach and share with others? Am I open to being shaped and changed by my brothers and sisters? In fact, we could spend all day thinking exactly about these things. We could list out all the good deeds. We could list out all the loving things. We're not going to today. We can spend another day working out how each of us takes our good deeds and trains others to do the same things. We won't do them today. I don't think our problem is understanding what's a loving thing for another person. Or what's a good deed that I could do. That's not hard to work out. It's being deliberate in them. It's taking the time to intentionally think, who can I help in these things? In a church our size, it would be so easy to say, this is impossible. How could I possibly spur everyone on in love and good deeds? Little old me and all those people. 
I want you to start small. I want to encourage you to think like that. Start small. Find one new friend. Pick someone in your growth group this year. Pick two people, three people. How will you help them to grow in love and good deeds? Be intentional. What does that actually look like for that person? So I love this idea, this idea in my head I have is that the, the evangelists of church, and I think lots of people know who the evangelists of church are, they can help others to be spurred on in evangelism. And the carers of church, they can help others to be spurred on as carers in church. And, and the ministry teams, people who are serving in all sorts of ministry teams, they can help others to see the joy of serving in ministry teams in church. And, and so it goes, and you get the picture, right? We can help, in a full fellowship, encourage one another to love and good deeds. And it's very practical. And it's something each of us can think about for ourselves in responding to this command. So we're commanded to do this. Verse 25, we're also commanded, second thing, not to give up meeting together. Meeting is key to fellowship. The word here for meeting in particular is a public word. Uh, the word is related to the synagogue word that the Jews would have known very well. Uh, we don't call it, we're not synagoguing. It'd be very confusing if you said, come to our synagogue. It's not what we're doing, but, but we shouldn't lose the sense of open fellowship. The synagogue, although there were structures to how you met, was open. You come into a town, you find a synagogue, even the, the Gentiles could go into the Gentile area. The church is supposed to be an open place. It's an open place of fellowship, a public place. Now, we don't want to downplay one-to-one -one meetings. That's fellowship. Growth groups, that's fellowship. What Simon said is exactly right this morning. Important part of our life in the church. But there is a public dimension. There is a sense in which we need to have the doors open, that someone could walk in and join us, that, that a stranger is welcome in our midst, and someone who feels like nobody knows me can be met by somebody else in church. And that is something God wants for us, to be a fellowship in a public sense. There are times in history where you go underground. If you're in China and you're in the church, you're forced underground at the moment. If you're in COVID and no one's allowed outside, you're forced inside, not underground. But as the year goes on, we must mourn we must be sad that we aren't able to meet publicly. For that is what God wants for his people. Do not give up meeting together. So I hope, as well as we've done at managing as churches all around Sydney, that you're also sad not to have been able to meet. And you're excited to say, well, what can we do? How can we keep growing and opening the doors as we go along? The year that has gone was a tough year, but 2021... I think we have hope for opening more and more. So, let me first say, and I think Simon said this before as well, this is not to say to people who are at high risk, you should feel guilty, you should be back. Not at all. COVID rules apply, and if you're vulnerable, we want to care for you. <laughs> We're going to keep live streams and all these things. But, but if you're not in the vulnerable category, can I make a plea? Come back to in-person fellowship, wherever you can. Some weeks you won't be able to because we can't fit. Praise God that we can't fit. But some weeks you can. And we'll be able to talk at 1.5 metres out on the grass and these kinds of things as we leave our fellowship together. I want to encourage everyone to be thinking of what you miss now that it's gone 
and help us to get back to those things that we can do for fellowship's sake. Because we need to hear the warning. What does it say in Hebrews 10? It says, don't get out of the habit, as some do. There is the danger for us all to get out of the habit, and Jesus is coming back. And if he finds you out of the habit, that is a scary day. I look forward to uh, thinking through this more with you as we go along in the year. So, number one, consider how to spur each other on. Number two, keep meeting. Number three, keep encouraging one another. In verse 25, you see it there. Uh, I love my new NIV and I love the NIV translation, but I'm going to start by saying I prefer the King James translation of this just particular verse. Uh, It says, instead of encouraging one another, it says, exhorting one another. Keep exhorting one another. There's just a slight difference. Encouragement just seems slightly more passive than exhorting. The words should go together. We are urged to call each other out, urged to exhort, urged to actively encourage one another. Keep encouraging like that. This kind of urgent encouragement is is best done personally. It's best done to face to face with one another. Growth groups in the church on the grass together. We need to keep encouraging each other for Jesus is returning and we all go through our moments where that's hard to keep following him. These are the kinds of things as we meet in growth groups, as we meet on a Sunday, we're encouraged to do. Find someone to encourage, remind them of their hope, exhort them to hold on in Christ for he is returning soon. Now, I trust you hear that call of Hebrews 10. Three things, really. Three things. Full fellowship involves considering how to encourage others, to push them on, to spur them on, regular gathering, and urgent exhortation in light of Jesus' return. Three things to keep in mind. Full fellowship is a team sport. It's not tennis. It's not you on your own playing your own game with someone over there you don't care about. It's It's a full fellowship, it's a team where we've all got a role to play. And 2020 has taught us, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. So let's look forward optimistically, enthusiastically, about the fellowship we can enjoy together as conditions change. Speaking of looking forward, the final thing I want to do is paint that picture. So this is the second half of our talk today, a quicker part. Uh, I want to say a few things about the year ahead. Uh, First, I want to say 2021 is not going to be a major reset year. Now, a few people have asked me, are you going to turn everything upside down? Is everything going to change? 2021 is not the year for major resets, if nothing else for COVID point of view. In 2021, what I am really keen on, and I've talked to to the staff team, the wardens about this, I'm really keen to get to know you, to hear you, to understand the wonderful church that is the Campbelltown Anglican Churches and all the things. There are many things and I want to understand all the things. Uh, This is a year for us to focus on our core business and it's expressed so well in our mission statement. Okay, we have two dimensions of what we're trying to do. We want to see more and more disciples, people becoming Christians, and we want to see people devoted to Christ, all for God's glory. It's very simple. If we hold on to that vision, There is a vision that I won't be scared of because it's the Bible's vision. And for this year, that is a wonderful vision to hold on to. As the year goes, I'm really keen to hear how we're going as a church from your perspective. 
as we follow that other vision, we will be thinking about sharpening and focusing for next year, 2022. So there is a big picture to keep in mind this year. If you're the anxious sort of person that doesn't want to see massive change, well, COVID is a much bigger change than what structurally we're thinking through this year. That's hopefully good news. Uh, second, I'm keen for us to all keep moving towards this full fellowship we're talking about. Uh, we've already been taking little steps. Uh, Simon alluded to that before. We're measuring every nook and cranny. Is there one more seat? Is there one more opportunity for someone to come to church? Uh, today, the, this parallel streaming, this is a great next step. And at the moment, under the current conditions, we don't have to isolate from them afterwards. We can leave and chat to our brothers and sisters. That, that's an encouraging thing. It's one more step. Next week, God willing, uh, and all compliance willing, kids' ministry starts. There's another step. Uh, that'll be great for parents, won't it? Some of the parents here have struggled for a year or online struggling running your own kids' church. What a wonderful thing. We hope soon the government will enable us to take more steps and more steps as time goes on. We've even boldly written into the calendar a big day out for the second half of the year and men's and women's events and, and so on. We're really hoping to do things that we're used to doing as a church and we should be excited about that. We'll adjust as time comes on, but to let you know, we're thinking through those things. Uh, thirdly, with the number of visitors allowed in homes open again, uh, Heather and I would like to invite every member of church to our house, not all at the same time. We'll have to do that in 20s and 30s or whatever the rules are, but we would love to have you over, and the reason for that is actually we want to hear from you. Uh, I want to have a little bit of a talk about that big picture again with you, but I want to hear from you about church, about your, what you love about your church, what you're hoping for, what your dreams and your prayers are for church. That'll be the next three months and we'll work out a way to do registrations and all these things. But, but come over to our place because we'd love to get to know you, what's behind the mask, if you like, that we see on a Sunday. And then fourthly today, I want to invite you to do two things, two focus areas for the year for you and for me. Uh, the first one is fellowship, and I've mentioned already, but the other is prayer. Prayer. Will you join me this year praying for our church? Will you join me in praying for the future of our church? We're almost 200 years old. That's wonderful. But I want us praying for the next 50 and the next 100 and the next 200 or whenever Jesus comes back. I want us thinking we want to set up today a church that can last into the future and reach this area. And so we need to pray. That is the very first thing we need to do. Uh, during the year, I'm going to call people to prayer. At various times, publicly, I want us to gather for prayer. We'll have to mind the times and the conditions, but we need to be praying boldly, confidently to a great God that he would work mightily in our area. So my question for you is, will you commit to praying for our church? Will you commit to praying for our church? I'm hearing nothing, I'm seeing little nods, but I'm hoping you're thinking yes. So that is one focus area for the year, prayer. And then the second area for the year is this area of fellowship. And I want to finish with Hebrews 10. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit to doing. If you know anyone who's gotten into the habit, who's drifted away, go and encourage them. Ring them up, visit them, invite them back to church. There is too much at stake this year to not have a full fellowship. 
There is too much at stake post-COVID for people to drift away. There is too much at stake with Jesus' return in your mind. Let us spur one another on. Let us exhort each other to good deeds and love. Let's meet together and let's, let's look to Jesus' return. Wonderful encouragements. Lots of things to think about. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we do pray for this year ahead. We thank you for the first three weeks of our time together. We pray that this would be a fresh start. We pray for a real renewal of our enthusiasm for our service of you. We ask, Lord, that you would encourage us and that we would encourage one another. And we pray as our fix, we fix our eyes on the Lord Jesus that this would shape us and drive us forward for your kingdom's sake and for your glory. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.